Welcome back to the Random Richard Podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Zach, and hosting with me is Chris. What's up, Chris? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, Zach. Great to hear you. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. And um, <laughs> as, as you can probably tell by the name of this episode, uh, we are uh, doing a little recap of the 2022 Las Vegas Star Trek convention, or it's now known as the as the fill-in-the-blank year mission. In this case, it was the 56-year mission. And I actually found out at the, at, the, um, at the convention, Chris, that the reason why it's called the 55- or 56-year mission now is because Creation actually doesn't have the licensing anymore to call it the, the Star Trek, Las Vegas Star Trek convention, the Star Trek convention, period. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah really interesting. Yeah, I'd never heard, I didn't hear that either. So they call it the, the mission tour um, and that actually affects, you know, in the past they were able to play like video clips and things like that from episodes and other stuff, um, and official pictures when, uh, guests came on stage, they don't do that anymore. So I'm assuming that's part of the licensing. Okay. Okay. And this, and this year was a little different, right? This year it was at, uh, the Bally's hotel and casino. I remember when we went, uh, went last year it was at the Rio. So it was a different location this time. Yeah, it was at Bally's this year. Um, first time it's ever been at Bally's, and apparently it's just a one-year hiatus from the Rio. They're going to go back to the Rio next year, supposedly. Um, that's assuming that the Rio's renovations are done, um, and then they'll be back there, which it's it's both good and bad, okay? Um, having been at Bally's, I would say I didn't I'd, – I'd never thought I'd say that I missed the Rio, but <laughs> – but we'll get into that in a little while. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was good. I'm, I'm I'm very tired, as you can imagine. Uh, uh, not a crazy amounts of sleep. Um, very busy, uh, but but had a good time. Yeah, you had a long. I know you had a long trek going and a long trek com- coming back. I, oh, touche, touche. I, <laughs> I know, <clears throat> I know. I, I've been to um, Bali's a lot, so I'm pretty familiar with that. And and this year, you know, I'm. We we got to go together last year, which was awesome. It was so awesome last year. This this year, uh, you know, I just I couldn't make it with with my schedule. I had some conflicts, so so unfortunately, I wasn't. So so I missed out of it. Um, but you know, I so much appreciate you like uh, keeping me there in spirit and keeping me updated with all the awesome stuff that was that was going around. And and next year we'll be back, right? We'll be back together. Uh, as much as we can do that. So both both of us from the Random Richard podcast back at the Star Trek conventions, which will be great for next year. Yeah, because um, it definitely wasn't the same uh, without you, that's for sure. But I, I, you know, I was happy that, uh, you know, you, your schedule was a little, uh, you know, free enough where I could I could give you updates or text message or we could chat on the phone a couple of times and uh, just kind of share what would have been going on each day and, you know, panels and so forth so yeah it was it, it was good um definitely different this year for several reasons and we'll talk about that here soon but yeah so on yeah. this episode for those of you listening the plan is is just to kind of recap the 2022 convention kind of what i saw what took place all that kind of stuff guests and so forth and then uh you know we'll also kind of compare it to last year's convention and give you some positives and negatives both ways for it being at bally's as well as obviously a different year, different guest lineup. And then uh, what, what it was like um, last year. Uh, and thankfully, even though we didn't record while we were, I was at the convention, um, thankfully the convention-related episode this year doesn't sound as poor as it did last year. Oh, gosh, Chris, my audio is so horrific. Oh, it's, like, it's, not, even listen, it's not even bearable. I mean, you know, the, the, the few minutes that I went back and listened to it, um, before I left for this convention, just to, just to, to hear how it kind of came out. Oh gosh, it was terrible. But thankfully, uh, with new audio equipment, it doesn't sound that way anymore. So yeah, it, it sounds great. See, we make incremental improvements all the way through. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, baby steps, right? Baby steps. That's that's, right. that's kind of how I look at it. Um, that's, but that's right. Yeah, so it's good. Okay, so Chris, let's let's start out from the beginning. I know, um, you know the the uh, you initially. We're talking about going, then you had some schedule conflicts and you couldn't go. Um, and so me and my buddy, we drove out, uh, as we usually do. It's about a six-hour drive out. 
uh, to Vegas uh, from where we're at. And um, so we we drove out, got there, got checked into our hotel uh, into Bally's. And then um, we uh, went down that evening to do the pre-registration. So, so if you haven't been to a Star Trek convention with creation, typically what they do is, is they do the pre-registration, right? Where yeah. they'll start with the gold package, which is the most expensive, um, although I'll get to that in a second. Um, and then you have captain's chair, copper, which is what we had. And then I believe it's general, the general admission weekend pass or, or whatever. And then there's, then if you have like a day pass or actually, I don't even know if general admission, general admission, I don't know if they pre-register or not, regardless, at least the top ones do. Okay. And so they're at different times. You pre-register and once you pre-register, then typically you have access to the, the first night uh, before the convention starts in the dealer room or the vendor's room, whatever you want to call it. I think mean, they call it the vendor's room. And so then you can go in and kind of get first first dibs at, at stuff, depending on who's set up already and things like that. Um, so we did that, went into the vendor's room, kind of took a look around and uh, saw what there was. We we went in right away and, and bought um, some tickets for, for uh, the rest of the convention. I bought a, a few what they call on-site autograph tickets um, for folks who were there. Uh, and then, and then we, we, we hung out, um, and went to bed and then got up the next day and it was the first day of the convention. Nice. So last year we did the same thing, right? Chris, your, your yeah. first convention, we went there, we pre-registered, we walked down into the, the vendor's room, uh, and got a chance to get some first dibs and stuff. What, what, what do you remember that from that first night after pre-registration as far as see, seeing the vendor's room and what types of things caught your eye prior to the actual start of the convention? I got to say what was what was nice about seeing the vendor's room like uh, really soon uh, that night after we pre-registered was we we got to see it like when there were very few people around and and given you know it was more of um it was it was more immediately after covid so there weren't a, a lot um of people there uh, from previous years but but we got like this chance to see um the vendors as they just set up and and there wasn't a lot of crowd so a lot of the things that caught my eye were all of the the collectibles that were there like whether they were action figures or, or models or those miniatures i'd never seen as many um in one place like in my life for sure that that was there um then they they had a lot of books that were set out plus they had a lot of the tables uh, set out there where you could see the names of the various actors that were going to be there where you could get autographs and pictures so that was a lot of of like what my what caught my eye plus plus the vendors um that had art prints for sale that just had these incredible um art art prints um those really caught my eye and like like as as you know like when we were there together last time i was just, you know I'd, I'd stand there like looking at the art for like a long time like wanting wanting to see it um so yeah, that's that's what I remember, and I, I like the the ability to, you know, it's it was quiet uh, that evening when right after pre-register. So yeah, the so calm before just, the storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Calm before, and so you could kind of contemplate and think about the things that you kind of really wanted to get from the convention or get from the vendor room, um, which, which I like. I think I I like I would uh, when we go together again. I I want to do the same thing where we pre-register like and we're right there like when when the vendor room initially opens so that we can kind of be there in the calm yeah yeah so that those, makes sense yeah so those are definitely those stood out to me yeah and it, it, it is nice you get a chance um especially if uh you know let, let's say you you pre-ordered some some autograph tickets uh in particular uh through creations website prior to the convention which um for some of the bigger guests, I always recommend that because there's a chance they sell out. For example, this year, Kate Mulgrew sold out, um, mm -hmm. Captain Janeway. And I I don't remember her selling out prior to a convention starting of any of the ones I've gone to. So uh, I don't know if it's because they has, had a limited number or because she was signing for gold, the gold members first or what, the gold passes first or what. Uh, but she sold out, so I'm glad that I got I ordered a ticket ahead of time because if I had waited, I would not have got her. Um, and that is part that was due to a project I started at this convention, and we'll talk about later. Um, but I always recommend people pre-order 
tickets before, especially Creation has this thing now where every once in a while leading up to the convention, they'll have like a weekend or a few days where they have like no, um, what they call their convenience fees or no shipping and handling fees, even though it's literally a PDF email that gets sent to you. I don't know why you need to have quote unquote handling fees for an mm -hmm. automated email that gets sent to you because nobody's doing it. Um, but, but it saves you like $9 a ticket, which is an, a pretty good chunk of money if you're buying several. Um, so yeah, it's good because in, so, so, you know, Chris, if, if you pre-order tickets ahead of time, which you did pre-order a few last year, I know, unfortunately yeah. a couple of them, they canceled last minute. Like I think you had something for Jerry Ryan and she canceled. Right. Um, yep. and That's I right. think there, there might've been one or two others that you had that might've canceled, but I know you did pre-order a few right last year. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, Jerry Ryan and I, I want to say George Takei and William Shatner um, and another one. Uh, so, so yeah, I did try and get as many as I could pre-ordered there. The ones that I definitely wanted to see. Yeah. Was it was it Rain Wilson that you pre-ordered? Did you get him at the convention? Uh, I can't remember. Um, but. Yeah. I do know, yeah, I do know Jerry Ryan can't had to had to back out last minute uh, due to uh, filming requirements and stuff for Star Trek Picard, uh, or at least um, it was due to she didn't want to travel and risk not being able to to film if she got COVID or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think last year you kind of learned a little bit of the value of pre-ordering those tickets, and this year was was a definite learning curve. So my my, my buddy went with me. He he had ordered some stuff for. Jerry Ryan, and he wishes he would have ordered more now because we got there and Jerry Ryan was sold out. Um, Ooh, Kate Mulgrew, that. yeah, Kate Mulgrew was sold out. Um, I don't remember if anybody else sold out or not, but they, they were the two big ones that sold out. Um, I know Kate Mulgrew was not there; she was not at the convention last year, right? Correct. Yeah, she okay. was not there. Yeah. yeah, and Jerry Ryan didn't make it last year because she because she of, of uh, backing out. So um, yeah, it's a good thing to order tickets ahead of time. Uh, at least for you know the the big bigger names, but I actually recommend ordering them ahead of time for just about anybody because you just never know. And if they back out, then Creation will give you a voucher, or you can trade them in towards another ticket at their table or something like that. Um, but it's good, especially that first night before the, the the convention starts, Chris, to get like if you're getting autographs and you're gonna get like an eight by ten from the Creation table, you can go in and get first pick, uh, or or you know early pick anyways for some of those those photos that they have available um to get signed later on so it's yeah good. that's yeah that was good I, I i believe i got some of those eight by tens last year when i went with and that was a good technique that, that was good that was good yeah yeah um so then then the, the 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 first full day of the convention starts thursday and typically and i think you found this last year it's the same this year and it was the same in previous years where the first day is typically a little bit lighter right so people are kind of coming in the convention it's not the bit the thursday the thursday or, or whatever whatever the first day of the convention is is not typically the busiest day of the convention usually that's either friday or saturday or, or i guess even sunday depending on who the, get, the guests are that day but saturday's typically the busiest day from what i've seen yeah. um as far as number of people because some people will wait and come on the weekend uh if they're within you know a short drive distance or whatever because they can't get off of work and you know, all this kind of stuff um, but Thursday is usually the lightest and then, um, uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday are, are busier. So, um, yeah, th this year's convention, I, I guess, Chris, we could talk about, um, some of the guests lineup, uh, from this year compared to last year. Um, so who do you remember? And I'm trying to think back myself. Who do you remember were, were, were touted as the headliners that actually showed up? And then other people that you remember that we may have met or that you saw in the dealer room. Uh, the headliners, I remember um, from last year, William Shatner, of course. Um, then in the in the dealer room itself, we had um, I, I I remember distinctly Kate, Caitlin, right, Caitlin Hopkins, who we met. I think the first day we were there, Thursday maybe it was pretty early. Yeah, it was we yeah. met her the first day? Yep, yep. Yeah, and that that was awesome. Plus. Plus, we saw um, <laughs> we saw you know seven of mom's nine, seven of nine's mom. Uh, <laughs> she was there. She was there. Okay, and, Chris, t tell the quick backstory behind that. Yeah, I, uh, we we met her. Name escapes me right at right at the moment, but we met her, and she has this shirt that says seven of nine's mom, 
uh, I believe in her eight by 10 that we got the autograph from her. And then like, it was so awesome that first of all, she, she was super, super nice. And it was so awesome that we got her, her autograph. And then afterwards for the kind of the rest, the rest of the time we were there. And since then I kept calling her, I just had this brain wall, this wall in my brain that said seven of moms, nine. And that's just how <laughs> that's just how it came to be. And that, every that's time how it is say it, I die laughing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I like said right. I think the first few times I said it, and it just was perfectly natural, and I didn't even realize like what I was saying. Um, and I don't. Know, that's stuck. It sticks now. That's how it is. Yeah. yeah, and now it's a running gag. We don't even call her Seven of Nine's mom. Now we just call her Seven yeah. of Mom's Nine all the time. Yeah, that's hilarious. right. That's right. <laughs> and and I, if she ever comes back to the convention, we got to go up and tell her the story if we're there. Oh, yeah. Because I she think she would get a kick out of that. She would, yeah. She wasn't there at this one, right? Um, no, no, she wasn't there this year. Uh, so so last year, I remember um, Connor Trenier, like immediately on, uh, I think, early, early days there, um, plus – a uh, couple other gentlemen from yeah Dominic Enterprise was there too. who played yes. um who played Lieutenant Malcolm Reed on Enterprise the two of them are typically at most of the Star Trek conventions that I've been to and did they go to this one as well yeah they were there along with Anthony Montgomery who played um uh oh geez why am I forgetting um, his character's name my gosh uh, <laughs> Ensign, Ensign Mayweather sorry goodness yes, gracious Mayweather. talk yeah, about yeah. a brain fart dude uh Ensign Mayweather so those three were all sitting together at a table they, they are you know, at tables next to each other. They were all there. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great. They were there. Um, yeah. So they, I distinctly remember them from, from last year and early on in the dealer room. So that, that was great. And, um, you know, they were part of the part, maybe not the headliners. I think the headliners that I remember uh, from last year, um, Walter Koenig was there, of course, and George Takei. Um, and then we had, uh, a few folks from Deep Space Nine, uh, many of the Enterprise folks, um, and a few folks from Voyager. So a good spread that we had, a good spread that we had last year, despite, despite um, it being more recent since COVID. But I think this this year's act did it did it seem like there were more more cast members like. Like last year, there was very few, I remember very few TNG Next Generation cast members that came. Yeah, there were none year. as far all the main ca- all the main cast members except for Patrick Stewart were supposed to be there, and they all canceled. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. disappointing. That's right. That's right. You know, because I remember last year you were asking me who I wanted. This was early on, and I was thinking, oh, definitely Jonathan Frakes, right? He who he, he was uh, who I had early on envisioned in my mind, like someone someone I wanted to get an autograph from. And yeah, that's right. He was not there last year. So of course they come, the TNG cast comes this year when I couldn't go, but well, only be... two of them, Jonathan Frakes was there this year. He, he did show up. He had a table in the dealer room and then Gates McFadden was there. Um, that's, okay. that's commander Riker and, and Dr. Crusher. For those of you who yeah. don't associate actor names with character names, um, they were both there uh, for two days. I believe, I think they were there f- Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Last last year, um, Tasha Yar was there for part of it. I remember that, so I don't want to. Okay, yeah, and she was. And Denise, Denise Crosby was there Denise again Crosby. this year. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good good turnout. Last year was my first convention, so so it was all good. I was just loving it, all of it anyway. So I was just happy that uh, to meet and see any of them in person that were there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's it's amazing, Chris. Um, I look back at my first convention, and I didn't realize how spoiled I was at my at the first convention. Now, when I the first year I went, I, I did not have a lot of money at the time, mm-hmm. um, so I was very very limited on what I could buy. I didn't I was not able to buy much or, or get many autographs or anything like that. <laughs> the second year I went was a whole other story, but because <laughs> I saved up and I just splurged real big time. But but la- but but the first year I went, Chris, and I want I want to I want to share this little lineup with you if I may. Yes. Um for some of the people that were at my first convention in 2008 at the Las Vegas Hilton, which does not exist anymore. All right. Now, so for those of you, I apologize. My voice is a little bit hoarse because it's been, you know, five plus days in Vegas. Um, 
But I want you to just listen to some of these names, okay? Uh, I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going off the one, some of the ones that were on the covers. Uh, some of the ones I, I won't mention because they, they, so, they go to a lot of conventions. But I want you to listen to some of these. Some of these you will recognize. Some of them are no longer with us. And some of them I have never seen at a convention again other than the first year I went. Okay, you ready for this, Chris? Oh, yes. Okay. Jolene Blaylock. As in uh, to Paul from Enterprise. Only convention she's ever been to I was at was 2008. She's never been back since. Um, Rene Aubergenois, who's passed away, who played Odo. Um, Nichelle Nichols, who we lost recently um, as Uhura. Uh, she was there. Um, and uh, if, if you guys want to go listen to our tribute episode, please go check that out. We just wanted to kind of you know, love all over her, um, and, and, and show our, uh, you know, deepest regards for, um, losing Nichelle and what a loss that was. Um, every year at the convention, they do what's called an in memoriam, uh, towards the very end of the convention that flashes up all the names and pictures of people who were associated with Star Trek that we lost in the previous year since the last year's convention. And of mm -hmm. course she was on the list. I'd be remiss if I did not mention Dorothy Dutter, who was, um, uh, uh, our friend uh, Doug Drexler's wife, uh, who we had in the podcast, who passed away uh, fairly recently. Um, she was up there, and uh, I was able to connect with Doug and, and, and uh, let him know that they mentioned her, and there was a story about her and stuff, and, and that uh, I, actually, I actually teared up when they, when they did that, just thinking of Doug, you know, when, when that yeah. happened. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so Nichelle Nichols, uh, Jolene Blaylock, Renee Aubergenois, um, uh, Malcolm McDowell, Who's a big time actor? He played Soren in Star Trek yeah. Generations. Big time actor. I think that's the only convention he's ever been at that I've been to. Kate Mulgrew, uh, Avery Brooks, who does not attend anymore. Scott Bakula, who's big because he goes like once a decade or, yeah. or less. And Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> wow. Very big names. I was very, very spoiled my first convention, um, and I didn't even realize it. My second convention. The four big names, just without looking, I just realized William Shatner was not at my first convention. That's like the, maybe the one convention I think he's ever been to I haven't been at. Oh, okay. Anyways, yeah. So, but my second Star Trek convention, Zachary Quinto, who was a new Spock, because the 2009 was the year that the, the first Star Trek JJ non canon movie came out. Christopher Lloyd, which I believe this was his only Star Trek convention appearance that I'm aware of, because he played, you know, Commander Krug in Star Trek 3. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. So, I was very, very spoiled, Chris, when it came to my first couple conventions and the people I got to meet. Um, I was so fortunate and blessed. Uh, th th this year's lineup, um, you know, not to put a damper on last year, this year's lineup was amazing. It really was amazing. Um, I look at last year's lineup and even some previous year's lineup, and I think th this was one of the strongest lineups I feel like we've had at a convention in a long time. Now, yes, we, we only had two TNG cast members. We did have two captains and Kate Mulgrew and William Shatner. Oh, actually, that's not, that's not true. We had a third one because you cannot forget uh, the yeah. amazing, ever-talented Anson Mount as Captain Pike from yeah. Strange New Worlds and Discovery. We had Ethan Peck, the new Spock from Discovery and Strange New Worlds. And we had a whole bunch of the Strange New Worlds cast. We had Melissa Navia, who, played, who plays Lieutenant Ortegas in Strange New Worlds. We had Celia Rose Gooding, who played the new cadet Uhura in Strange New Worlds. We had somebody you're a fan of, Jess Bush, as the new Nurse Chapel. Uh, yes. We had, yeah, we had um, our, our, our friend of the podcast, Bruce Horak, as uh, Hemmer, who was a very last-minute ad. I mean, he got added like three days before the convention started. And I'll tell you a story about him in a little bit, uh, meeting him in person finally. Um, and, uh, we had, uh, let's see, who else am I missing? Oh, we had Rebecca Romaine as number one or Una. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's everybody, right? We had seven of the seven out of the nine. Everybody makes a joke. Oh, seven to nine. We had the seven out of the nine main cast members from strange new worlds. I was, I was, I had a tier that my, my, my favorite character, Leon, uh, Christina Chong w wasn't able to make it. Um, but uh, we had them. We had uh, James Callis, who was Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica, also uh, the psychiatrist and father of, of Picard yeah. from Picard. Um, amazing meeting him. He was he was incredible. Uh, we had Annie Worsing, who was the board queen in Picard, and also in that that time travel show Timeless. We had uh, Michelle Hurd from Picard. 
We had a bunch of Discovery cast, Doug Jones, a Saru uh, from uh, from Discovery, as well as a million other things. And I'll, you know, yeah, we, we um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden was there. A bunch of the um, cast from Enterprise was there to include John Billingsley as Phlox. Um, we had John Noble, the famous actor who played Walter in Fringe. He was also in Lord of the Rings. He's been in that show Elementary, I think. He's been in a million things. Great Huge. character actor. Yeah, yeah, amazing character actor. Uh, amazing actor. Period. Um, let's see who else. I mean, I mean, I, I'm trying to think just back to the list uh, myself. Um, yeah, we had a huge, huge, really fantastic lineup this year. It was really, really great. Um, again, one of the, one of the strongest lineups I've seen in quite a while at the convention. So, uh, it was great. We had, we had great guests. The dealer room was packed full of, uh, full of people doing signings. Um, and, and I know I'm missing people, several original series, guest stars, and, um, uh, people who play minor characters. Bobby Clark was there again who played the Gorn. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we just had a lot of really good people at the convention. Uh, it was a good lineup this year, Chris, for sure. For sure. Oh, man. That is yeah. Great. So, okay. Let's talk about um, last year versus this year. Okay. Last year was at the Rio where it had been for at least a decade and it's supposed to be going back next year to the Rio for those of you listening who didn't know that. Uh, and this year's at Bally's. So, if you remember, Chris, from last year, what the convention center looked like and the size of the main theater and the area and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's all in that one area. And then if I were to tell you at Bally's what the convention area was like, you probably wouldn't believe me. So compare and contrast here, right? The Rio Hotel itself, not really that great, right? There's not much food options there. And when you have a big convention, the food options are always busy because there's only so many food options during the day, right? You can go over to the strip at night, but during the day, you're kind of limited if you're on a schedule and you got to get food and then get back to the convention, right? Yeah. Bally's was great because you're connected right to Paris. We went over and had like crepes and there's pizza and there's, I mean, there was more food than you could possibly imagine different opportunities there within a 10 minute walk over to Paris or out the door and uh, around the strip during, even during the day. Um, but the Rio doesn't have that. Now, that being said, Bally's Hotel was nicer, I thought. They had more food options. Uh, but the convention center was really small, and there was a lot of complaints from people about the convention center. Not only was it small, but half the convention area was in a separate lo location. You had the DeForest Kelly Theater, which is that – you remember that side theater where they had like side show uh, – kind of like alternate programming and stuff during the day? Yes, Yes, absolutely. That was on the 26th floor of a different tower of the hotel. That's awkward. It yeah, very awkward because they, they had like this Roddenberry interactive experiencer exhibit up there. There was the Rod, there was the DeForest Kelly thing up there. And then all the Nichelle Nichols tribute stuff was up there. I don't know why they put that up there instead of in the main area. I felt like Nichelle's stuff should have been out in the main area for everybody to see because that's she was she was huge. And we talk about that on our in our tribute um, episode. Um, a, a few weeks ago. Um, but the convention area was small. There was one hallway, and it was probably half the size of the real hallway. It was mm -hmm. very compact. They had signings that would go into one of these side rooms that would leak out of that all the way down the hall and crowd everything. The dealer room was definitely smaller than the real. It might have been two-thirds the size of the real one. Um, and the main theater, Chris, was like half the size of the real. Like, there was half the number of chairs in the main theater that there would be in the Rio. Oh, because the I remember the real main theater. That room was, it's pretty, was a pretty impressive room. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. They can put a lot of seats in there. And I think the reason why some of the passes uh, to this year's convention sold out is because they had a smaller capacity. Someone was telling me the capacity at the, at the Bally's was only like 5,000. Which okay. is small. So that was a disappointment for sure. Like a big disappointment that yeah. the size of the convention area, um, the location of the convention itself was great. The size of the convention center itself was, I think, hot trash personally. Yeah. You know, what I, what I did like about Rio was um, when, you, when you get to the – it's a little walk, but once you get to this area – 
of the Rio hotel, then it's, it's like you get to this point and then everything after that point is convention was, was convention related. So, so all of the rooms, all of the theaters, the, the hallways, you know, everything like get to get to this point and then it's all convention stuff from, from there on. So it was that part I really liked about the Rio. Cause you just kind of, you feel like you're um, when you enter that area, then all of it is just this, you know, this Star Trek themed entirety of the hotel. So um, that part I did like on, on how the, the Rio set it up. So yeah, well, we'll and there, yeah. there's yeah, there's a walk down to the convention area. You you start getting down there. There's there's big enough hallways, people to, areas for people to congregate and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all like you said, all everything's together. So the side theaters, you can go from one theater to the next. I guess if since we're on this, let's just kind of run through the negatives from this year for me, um, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about any negatives that you you, you may have saw last year that kind of stuck with you because there's always going to be negatives. There's ne- there's no such thing as a perfect convention, right? Um, and this isn't meant to slam creation, but I do think it's worth making a, a, a few of these points here. So number one, the Bally's, the Bally's Convention Center was not meant to hold the number of people that were there for the Star Trek convention. It wasn't mm. meant to be what it was. And from what I heard rumblings that the Rio wasn't available, they had to scramble for this year, and they chose the cheapest option, not the best option. For convention for convention centers that were still available, whether that's true or not, I don't know. That's just what I heard. Um, so uh, you know, don't take it as gospel or anything like that. Um, the the way they handled lines, like line management for autographs and photo ops, and everything was atrocious. It was a tr- and and they had so many big name signers in the dealer room. Like, so, for example, on the first day that Anson Mount and Ethan Peck were there for, from Strange New Worlds as, as Pike and Spock, um, their, their lines were so long. You'd have aisles of the dealer room lined with people in, in, waiting to, for these autographs, and yet people couldn't really walk around. There's no room to really stand at other tables. I mean, it was just – it was a disaster. Um, the line management was horrific. Um it just it just was not meant to be in that area. Whereas as the Rio has more space, the dealer room's bigger, um, there's more room for signing. They packed so many tables into the convention area for signings or into into the, the vendors room for signings that it just took up so much space and it was it was an absolute mess. People were really frustrated. Um mm. Another thing that was really absurd was, well, they said that they were understaffed by like 25 people for the weekend. And I'm thinking, how are you understaffed when you've been planning this for a year? How did you get this understaffed? I, I don't really understand that. And I, and I don't know the behind the scenes of that, so I, I really can't bash on that because um, that wouldn't be fair. Uh, but one thing that bothered me the most is that all the way leading up to the convention – there's nothing, and I mean nothing on their website for this year's convention about COVID-19, about COVID protocols, about any mask wearing, getting tested, showing vaccine cards, nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so we're, it's, just, it's just back to the regular old convention. We're back to you know warp factor one. We're good to go. No more red alert or yellow alert. Just good to go. And then a li- barely over a week before the convention takes place – they throw out an email and put a thing on their website with all these COVID protocols and all the same stuff as last year with the getting, you have to bring, if you're vaccinated, you got to bring a COVID vaccine card, get a special wristband. If you're not, you got to test twice, once before within 72 hours. Then again, you got to wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And then the first day of the convention, the, the opening ceremony thing, they get up and say, we're all here. We're all wearing masks. For the safety of our of of our actors, and I'm thinking to myself, why? Like that that we're past the point of needing masks at this level. Clark County was in the low category, which per CDC per CD per CDC guidance, mask mandates aren't required. The state of the the governor of Nevada lifted mask mandates back in February. Um, 
you, you, with the with the the science out there, it shows whether you're vaccinated or not. You can you can get it and you can pass it with a mask. You can get it and pass it. And oh, by the way, nowhere else in Vegas do you have to wear a mask. And as soon as there, you got past the little sign placard that says masks beyond this point, as soon as people walk past it, they take their mask off. So what good is it really doing? And there's and then their, their excuse was we we're doing it for the safety of our actors because they have jobs and they could lose gigs and stuff. And I'm like, what are the rest of us peasants doing? We have jobs, like we could lose our job. You know what I mean? So that to me, I think that rubbed people the wrong way. That was really disappointing to see that. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the mask mandate was not enforced for select people. I saw people that worked for Creation that didn't have their masks on all the time. I saw the masks down. A lot of the celebrity guests didn't even wear masks. There were a few that did. Anson Mount wore his mask the entire time, except for when he was on stage. Uh, Jerry Ryan wore her mask everywhere, including when she was on stage with her Voyager panel. Um, mm -hmm. So it, just, it the whole thing didn't make sense to me at all. It, it was this last-second rush job, which honestly, a part of me thinks that the reason why it was so last-second was because it, by doing that, people have bought their tickets already, and it's hard to get refunded that way. And now you have to go whether you want to wear a mask or not. Um, uh, it, 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 to me, was just – there were a lot of people – a lot. And I mean a lot, Chris. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. There's a lot of people that were upset and frustrated by the whole mask thing at this point. You know, if it were in a high category like last year – which is what it was. We went to the convention, and 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 Vegas was in a, a high area, and this, that, and the other. I can understand the mask mandate, but there's no masks on planes anymore. Uh, there, a lot of most places don't have mask mandates anymore. But for whatever reason, they did it at the convention, and I think it was. I thought it was wrong, especially because a, a majority of the guests in the dealer room never wore their 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 masks. They just sat at their tables with no masks on. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. so yeah, so to me that was frust that was really frustrating. It's, it's not that I'm anti-mask. It's that I'm 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 pro common sense. I know you case. had to you had to scramble to find your your COVID vaccination card. I know when you saw that you were like, "Oh, where is it? Where is it?" So you had to do some scrambling to get that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then I had to make sure I had enough masks to take with me and everything. And so um, yeah, that part was frustrating. So that to me was a negative for sure. Uh, but we, we did it, we wore the masks and all that stuff, followed the guidance and everything we needed to do. Um, but overall though, we had a blast. My buddy and I had a blast. Like we met up with, with my buddies, uh, uh, James and Tommy. They're just absolutely great dudes. We had a blast with them. Uh, got introduced to some cool people that we not, would not have been otherwise and, and met a lot of really fantastic, uh, 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 other Trekkies and, or Trekkers, whichever you prefer, I guess. Um, and a lot of great guests. And, and, and Chris, I handed out a whole bunch of our brand new ran, the Random Red Shirt podcast business cards. That That's you awesome, made. man. Yeah. 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 And so um, I handed them to a lot of people. I'm not going to say who I gave them to as far as celebrity guests go because uh, I, I'm, I'm working on uh, several guests to have in the future. And I'm not going to announce that or say names until I've confirmed that. And I've gotten approval from them to advertise uh, their name uh, and anything going forward. But I will tell you, some of the people that I talked to and were excited to come on our podcast and took a business card and uh, uh, that I am in contact with are really excited. And some of them are some pretty significant names. Man, so I'm super excited and I hope that all works out, Chris. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You, you know, since you said that, um, our our recent episode. I'm so happy that Bruce Hork was able to go to the convention because I think that was just so awesome, right? So as as Hammer and Hammer is a is is now a really kind of loved character, and everyone you know wishes Hammer was was still um, alive. Sorry for the spoilers, but still still alive in Strange New Worlds. It's just so awesome that a few weeks ago when we were talking about Bruce and we were talking about the convention and, and we expressed how cool it would be if he was there. And then we got his insight on, Hey, what, what, what would it be like to be on the other side of being at the convention? Just awesome that he was there this time. And I'm just, I'm really, really happy about that. That's worked out perfect. And, and you know what? Um, you're right, Chris, that, that I'm glad you brought that up because Bruce was when I met him, I, you know, introduced myself. He's like, oh, Zach, you know, and, and uh, uh, chat, chatting with us and everything on the podcast. And he, he was absolutely as nice as could be. 
Um, as nice and personable and, and great of a guy as he sounded on our podcast, it was the same in person. And we chatted for several minutes um, and uh, had him sign my poster. I had him sign a, a picture for my wife's cousin. Um, and, uh, and it was great. And then I went back and talked to him later, uh, uh, in the convention when it, when his line had died down and just kind of chat with him for a few minutes and, and, and just, you know, told him how much we appreciated him being on the podcast and that we were, we were so happy that he got a chance to make it to Vegas and he was having a blast. And like, if you go and you follow him on Instagram, which you have, if you have Instagram, I recommend it, go follow him. Obviously follow the random redshirt podcast on Instagram, <laughs> but, uh, but follow Bruce Horak on Instagram and um, you'll, you'll see the posts he made about how full his heart was and all the love and support that he got from the fans. Um, you're right, Chris Hemmer is a already a beloved character in Star Trek, and, and he was only in eight of the ten episodes. Uh, technically nine, I guess, but only at the very end of, of the first episode, I think. Um, and during the Strange New Worlds panel, it was really interesting because during that panel, they went down the line, you know, each actor, Bruce was on the very end. They get to Bruce with and they say Hammer, the crowd erupts. And I mean, I mean every 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 character got uh, you know, a lot of applause. The 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 theater was packed for the mm. Strange New Worlds panel. So that tells you how popular this show is. Yeah. Uh it really does. But when they got to Bruce though, Chris, it was a much different story. The, the the I really do believe the theater was even louder for him when they announced Hemmer. And that just goes to show you the love that, that people have for that character and for him. And you could tell in his face how appreciative he was and how overwhelmed he was by the support and the love he was getting from the fans. It was really something fantastic to see. Um, that's wonderful to hear. That's super special. Um, and w- we got to learn a lot about Bruce when we talk to him and the kind of man he is and the kind of role model he is. So Zach, I'm really glad to hear that. That's just wonderful. That warms my heart, man. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, and so uh, I, I hopefully look forward to some future chats with him, uh, at, you know, hopefully on the podcast, if, if we do get him or flashbacks as I think we may in, in the next season uh, or, or in future episodes, at least, uh, and and potentially future roles for Bruce Horak. He's already told us that his career in Star Trek is not over. So what does that look like? Was it does that mean he's going to be on Discovery or 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 just on Strange New Worlds? And you know, hopefully we see him again on 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 Star Trek, uh, and, and then we get a chance to to interview him again and talk about those new roles or new appearances of some kind, whether it's just Hammer or somebody else, and be able to chat with him and then, and then just catch up and see what he's up to at that time. It'd be it'd be really great. So. Hopefully we're able to make that work, but yeah, I, 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 some, I got some guests hopefully lined up, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, uh, and, and guests from several different Star Trek shows, uh, to include potentially some of the new ones, but we'll see. Um, yeah. and I hope we can make it work out because, uh, a lot of them are, a lot of them were really, really excited at the chance to jump on the show and, uh, and, and chat with us. So we'll, we'll see if it works out and, and we will, I promise we will announce any, uh, future celebrity guests appearances as soon as we can, as soon as we get permission, we can, we will announce that and bring that to you as soon as we know more. Yeah. And that'll be great. But, uh, yeah, overall there were some negatives at the convention, Chris, but we had a blast. We, we really, really did. It was so awesome. Um, getting my strange new worlds poster signed with character names and quotes. And, and, uh, you know, I, I started a Voyager cast piece, which I think, you know, I got all but three of them signed. um, I met James Callis, which for me as a big Battlestar Galactica fan was incredible. Uh, I got a picture with him. Um, uh, you know, meeting the guy who played Gaius Baltar was, was fantastic. Getting to chat. Okay, I want to tell you two quick stories, Chris. And then I want to yeah. hear two. I want to tell you two of my favorite stories from the convention this year. And I want to hear two of your favorite stories from last year's convention. All yes. right. So, yes. okay. Real quick. All right. So the first story. I finally got to meet Anson Mount, and I think I've expressed in the podcast, and I think you know, Chris, how big of a fan of his I am. Uh, and it, not only was he a great guy to meet and talk to, um, and he you know, signed all the stuff and everything, but what was really great was when I asked him to sign my Hell on Wheels poster, the, the show that he was in as Colin Bohan and the Lee, which, by the way, if you guys have not watched Hell on Wheels, go find it on streaming service somewhere. It might be on AMC+. Plus. I think it's a streaming service. Go watch it or go buy the DVDs or the Blu-rays. 
It's an amazing Western show about the building of the Transcontinental Railroad, and he's the main character, and he's amazing. Anyways, so I met him, and he's going to sign my Stranger Worlds poster, and I asked him to write this quote. And the quote from his, that his character says, and there's a lot of great things he says in that show, is, I don't know if men like us find peace. And if you know the show, you know what that means um, as, as a character who's on a vengeance to, to find the, the, the people responsible for killing his, his, his family um, after the Civil War. Uh, and not only did he like that quote a lot, Chris, but then he shared some of his other favorite quotes uh, uh, as Colin Bohannon, including another one I brought up, and then he, then he spouted it off. He did it in his Colin Bohannon Western accent. Oh, it was epic, man. I was like a, I was like a giddy little, my gosh, I was, uh, I, I was fanboying out pretty big and I was a little nervous at first. I don't get nervous around meeting celebrities anymore. I've only really gotten nervous around a couple, but he, he definitely got me nervous because I'm such a huge fan of his. And I love a lot of his work. Um, so that was the, the, the one story, first story I want to tell you. The second story I want to tell you, Chris, was the last person that I got an autograph from at the convention before it ended was Robert Beltran from Star Trek Voyager. Now, I've been going to conven these conventions for 14 years. Not every year, but, but, but since 2008 to now, it's 14 years. And I just, for whatever reason, the timing and the scheduling hasn't lined up and worked out, and I've never actually met Robert Beltran. As crazy as that is, I've never met the first officer on Voyager. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but... It finally worked out. I met him, and so he signed my poster. Hey, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you, Robert. And I said, you know, Robert, I want to tell you this. I said, I've been going to conventions for 14 years, and this is the first time I've gotten to meet you. And he sat back in his chair, and he's like, really? He's like, I go to him all the time. I was like, I know, but just the scheduling and everything doesn't quite work, hasn't quite worked out. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just hasn't, hasn't happened yet. And so it's really a, really a pleasure to finally get to meet you. And this is the way he did, Chris. He leaned forward in his chair, and there was a plexiglass at his table, although he wasn't wearing a mask, but he had a plexiglass up I just because I think that was already there at the table. He, he leaned forward. He reached his hand out underneath the plexiglass, shook my hand, looked me straight in the eyes, and said, well, Zach, I'm glad we finally got to meet. It was really nice to meet you. <laughs> and that was how I ended the convention. I'm telling you, that was, that was really awesome and makes me an even bigger fan of Robert Beltran to be so personable. Because, you know, at the convention, they're talking yeah. about oh, no touching and things like that. But the fact that he did that and took the time to say, you know what, it, he, it wasn't me. He reached his hand out to me. That's something that will stick with me for a long time. And honest to goodness, it really makes me a, an even bigger fan of Chakotay uh, and, and yeah. actually a huge fan of Chakotay now because of that. And I think experiences like that are important, I think, to have. When you meet um, someone who's played a character you like or enjoy and they're really personable – and you really like them, to me, that's, that's significant. That, that, that makes things even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome that you got a chance to meet Robert and that he was like that. So that's really meaningful. You're going to remember that for a long time for sure. Oh, for sure. And honest to goodness, um, Tim Russ was the same way. I hadn't really met him either. And I told him the same story. He's like, I can't believe it. He's like, I'm glad we finally met, you know, uh, and everything. I said, yeah, Tim, it was really nice to meet you. He said, it was nice to meet you too, Zach. Thanks for coming. So nice. um, that was great. That was really nice to, to see that and to, to have that experience. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Chris? Um, what? Uh, uh, g give me a couple of, 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 I would say, top stories. I mean, we talked about the seven of moms nine, which is a really funny little mm -hmm. anecdote now. But what are like two stories or two things, two experiences that happened to you last year at your first convention that really stuck with you and were memorable? Yeah, the personal memorable ones for me were – these um it was actually pretty early on i think it was thursday where we, where we went in and the memorable one of the first memorable ones really was when we met caitlin and then caitlin's been on on the show and so this being my first convention you know and i'm i'm pretty shy to begin with but but when we went in uh and then she was there at her booth and i remember she motioned us over um, and so we went over and then she was so uh, kind and so personal and was, uh, gr you know, was gracious on, on, on sharing what her current activities in her life was with us and, and just really, really great, um, introducing herself to us that, 
uh, just made me feel like so warm and kind of welcome to be at that convention. I didn't know it at the time, but I think that was her first convention as well. Yeah, it was. If it was I remember her first that. Convention. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that will stick with me um, forever because that was just my kind of first welcoming moment there. Uh, so that definitely was there. Definitely um, one of the top experiences for me. And then, then having her uh, being on our, our podcast was just awesome, awesome and over the moon too. Um, the other really cool experience and a more fun one was uh, when we met Bobby Clark, uh, the Gorn from the original series and I love we love we all love the Gorn and so and just being able to to meet Bobby and and have our photo taken with Bobby and I still have that uh that Gorn Gorn currency there's like a a dollar bill or like a $500 bill with the with the Gorn on it it was just hilarious and so that stood out to me as really really fun to do just to meet Bobby Clark and have our pictures with him and get to talk with him for, for a little while and hear him talk about how hot it was under the rubber suit and, and the ordeal that he had, he had to go through. So I, I still think if any, if any of the creators from strange new worlds, uh, if you can hear, hear me, if you can have Bobby Dorn somehow show up, like you mean Bobby can, Clark, can, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Did you combine you combine oh. if, if Bobby Clark and Michael Dorn had a love child, it'd be Bobby Dorn. <laughs> Bobby Clark, yes, yes. Um, Strange New Worlds creators, somehow you can get Bobby Clark in there in a cameo uh, as like a crew member or or whatever. It, what if he it, What if he was a crew member that gets eaten by the Gorn? Dude, that'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like epic. the Gorn. It'd be like uh, it'd be like the Gorn eating like like the Gorn eating themselves, like um, yeah, uh, cannibalistic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would. Uh, That's a good idea, be, Chris. I like yeah, that. We yeah. might have to. We might have to. We might have to write some messages to uh, to CBS and be like, "Hey, make this happen." Yeah. Or CBS yeah. Paramount. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. Uh, so yeah, those were two. I mean, the convention, there were so many great things about the convention for me um, last year, too. All of the all of the panels that we saw on stage. But those two personal examples that I shared um, were just lovely. You know, it just made me feel uh, really welcome and, and happy to be there and part of that part of the community, which I re- really, really appreciated. Yeah, that's great, Chris. And um, bef- before you left for the convention... I believe you had finished all the classic Trek series, right? I did. The, the yeah. Watchers, you, you were able to finish all you were, you were you were finishing up Enterprise right before the convention started, I believe. And you're able to finish it, I believe. Yeah. Um, which was great. Yeah. So that that helped. Um so okay, yeah. So you know, it was interesting because th- this year, Chris, we missed a lot, a lot of panels, a lot of programming. And a lot of people did, I found out, because of the way they had things scheduled, because of stuff was all over the place and not centralized people miss so much programming that was really unfortunate there were some panels i missed i would have liked to have seen um with some folks i hadn't really heard much from other panels i missed i mean it's people i had heard talk so it wasn't the end of the world um but yeah we we missed some good programming now that was really then maybe the most disappointing thing about this year's convention was the amount of programming we missed because we were waiting in lines yeah. Now, some of that was our own doing because of, of, of working on a Strange New Worlds cast sign piece and everything else. But in general, um, it was really unfortunate to miss that amount of programming. It just felt like the majority of my convention was just spent waiting in lines. And that's lines even to get into the vendor room because of the way they had it set up. Yeah. So not to be a Debbie Downer, I'm just thinking when you, when you talked about the panels and stuff, there was there's more panels I wish I would have been able to see this year. Um, but... It is what it is. I, I'm glad you had a great experience last year, Chris, and I, and I really hope you get to go. We all we all get to go next year. I really hope we all get to go next year. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, because that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, it, it, it's great to kind of sit here and chat and talk about last year's convention and how how it how it fared uh, this year. Um, you know, met a lot of great people. You know, all the Voyager cast that was there, the entire Strange New Worlds cast minus two, Dr. Mbenga and Leon weren't there, but everybody else I got to meet, and they were all so wonderful and amazing. And, like, when I went up to meet Ethan Peck, who played Spock, I get up to his table, he, he reaches his hand out, and he's like, hi, I'm Ethan. I'm like, 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I, th- I think you are, Ethan. And I actually joked. I played a pr- kind of a prank on him. I, I went and shook his hand. I looked at him. I was like, you're Ethan. Wait, wait a second. Am I at the wrong table? And he's like, oh, oh, you are? I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I know you're Ethan Peck. That's why I'm in line. And he's kind of loud. He's like, oh, okay. Like, I totally fooled him. I guess I guess his Vulcan logic was overruling his brine. Yeah. But Ethan was a great dude. Really, really nice guy. Um, but they, and they all were, they all were just super, super nice. Like you could tell they, they were just loving it. Cause for all of them, maybe minus Ethan Peck and Anson Mount, all, everybody else, I believe was their first Star Trek convention. Cause they're, you know, n- new to the Star Trek universe, but it was great. I had, I had a blast. Um, and even though there were people, for those of you listening, there were things I complained about and cause no convention's perfect. Um, but I overall truly had a great time. Obviously, Chris, we were sad. We, we missed you there, and we wish you were able to be there. But we're hoping to all be back together next year at the convention. And I want to leave us, if I may, Chris, with a couple yes, teasers. Yes. With a couple teasers for next year. So they've already announced it's going to be at the Rio next year. And at the very end, on the last day, at the end of the last panel, they come out, and uh, one of the ladies work, working there says, uh, yeah, we're going to be at the Rio next year. For those of you who haven't heard, we're going to be back. That's Again, that's assuming that all the renovations and stuff are done. Uh, we're going to be back at the Rio. And William Shatner's already said he's going to be there, which is pretty much expected because he doesn't seem like he's going to ever stop. I think he's just going to work till he dies. I don't think that man's ever going to stop. I mean, he's 91, and he's got more energy than me. Uh, and probably you, com- me and you combined probably, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where he gets it from, but uh, I'd like to know. And then uh, they, they, she made an interesting announcement, Chris, a very interesting announcement that had everybody's ears perked up that were still in the theater. I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, and maybe she just said it that way or if she truly meant it and what it's going to mean going forward. But she said they're looking and planning on having the entire – she used the word entire – the entire cast – of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is huge because that would mean, if you say entire, that would mean Sir Patrick Stewart. And I heard he was retiring and not doing conventions anymore. Maybe they're able to convince him to come out and do one last convention. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because Picard Season 3 is going to be the last season of Picard. The whole main cast is back. It's supposed to be this big love letter to the next generation and to the fans. It would kind of make sense to, to try to get everybody back. Now, does that mean Patrick Stewart's going to be doing signings and photo ops? That I don't know. I hope it's the true because I got a huge lithograph that I need him to sign. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people would too. I'm sure his autograph will be pricey. Um, but a, a, a lot of people perked up and went, ooh, like, you know, really excited about that. So we'll see. TBD of if that actually means they do actually get everybody there or not. But that's a bit of a teaser for you guys listening. If, if, if there's any convention to go to and you're a huge TNG fan, next year might be the year because this might be the last time we see them all together at a convention. That'd be pretty special. Yeah, very special. really special to celebrate TNG, to celebrate the third season of Picard and what, will ultimately, what should ultimately be the final time that any of them play their characters from TNG. Maybe not. You could get spinoff streaming series with war or something like that. But as a cast, this is going to be the last time we see them all together on screen. So it's going to be sad and emotional, but I think it's going to be great to celebrate that too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's it, Chris. We just kind of wanted to wrap up and uh, talk about this year's convention and some of the things that happened and take a look at what last year's convention looked like compared to this year and uh, just kind of decompress a little bit and, and kind of, try to think about what we saw. There's plenty more stuff I could talk about, but I don't want to yammer on for those listening um, and and go from there. So It's been super fun to listen to to what's been happening at the convention. And um, yeah, this has been great. This has been great to kind of experience it through through your eyes and me be there in spirit, like as I was in spirit. So this has been great. And you definitely were there in spirit, Chris, for sure. We knew that because I was I was trying to video FaceTime you and talk to you and text you as much as I could and as much as your schedule allowed so you can kind of know what was going on, who we were talking to, who we were meeting. And I know you we both you have some insider info on some of the people that I talked to to try to get on the podcast, but of course we're not gonna we're not gonna share that with you guys yet. We gotta wait till we actually do book them and uh, and we get their permission to to advertise so that you guys will know they're coming. And uh, go from there. Yeah. So, 
So that's it, guys. Um, but thanks, as always, for listening. Very much appreciate it. And um, if, if, you know, if you haven't already checked us out, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, the Random Red Shirt Podcast. You can check out uh, us on Discord, as well as you can email us at the Random Red Shirt Podcast or the Random Red Shirt Podcast at gmail.com for, uh, for if you have any questions or anything like that. So, yeah, this is great, Chris, and we look forward to uh, more future episodes. I think we're going to be jumping into reviewing The Batman coming up soon. Yes, we are. I made it. I made my way through. So look forward to talking to you about it in our next episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be very curious because we have not talked about our thoughts of, on this yet. So when we do the podcast, it's going to be our legitimate first thought. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. I'm sure you look forward to hearing mine. And then we'll we'll give you guys our review of what we think of the latest installment of the Batman franchise coming soon right here on the Random Richard podcast. So thanks as always for listening. Everybody, take care. Be sure to check us out on social media, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Random Red Shirt Podcast.